I pray every day that COVID is not coming here. Um, but if it were to come here, I believe that we have it. We have put things in place that are going to make it okay here. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Deb Schick from Sherbrooke Community Centre. Deb is one of the many voices you'll hear in Episode 9, Season 2 of YXE Underground. COVID-19 has changed all of our lives, and that certainly applies to long-term care homes. Sherbrooke Community Centre in Saskatoon is one of those care homes. It's also where I've worked for the past three years as the communications leader. It's a challenging time for us at Sherbrooke, but what I am seeing every day are people working together to keep our most vulnerable safe. And that's what I hope comes through in this episode of YXE Underground. Welcome to Sherbrooke Community Centre. I'm standing in our main hallway right now, which would normally be full of residents and staff going from one part of our building to another. But like most places in Saskatoon, we at Sherbrooke have been forced to slow down. A little bit of background on Sherbrooke for you. It is a care home of 263 residents of all ages, more than 400 staff and more than 400 volunteers. Sherbrooke follows the Eden Alternative Philosophy of Care, which states that there are three plagues that are causing our seniors to die. Loneliness, helplessness, and boredom. So everything that happens at Sherbrooke is geared to alleviate those three plagues. At Sherbrooke, residents are referred to as elders, no matter their age. So that's why you'll hear the word elders throughout this episode. Sherbrooke is normally a very busy place. It has an art studio, there's a computer lab, a swimming pool, therapies gym, an aviary, and there's even a greenhouse. We have these wonderful spaces throughout the building that host events such as concerts, church, and even Canadian citizenship ceremonies. We take our elders on excursions throughout the community to places like the Remy Modern Art Gallery, Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse Games, local restaurants like Pink Cadillacs and Gibson's Fish and Chips. We normally have family members that come and visit. We normally have volunteers who help out in the pool or at wine club on Tuesday nights or International Coffee Club on Wednesday mornings or happy hour in the Veterans Village on Thursday afternoon. All of those things are on hold because of COVID-19. On March 15th, we closed our doors to visitors and began screening staff. From the 15th to April 3rd, this is how every staff person was greeted at the front door. Eric. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. This is your first time here at Sherbrooke today? This is first time Excellent. today. Excellent. Excellent. And where are you working? Uh, I'm working in the business office today. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so as usual, every morning we have to ask you our questions. Uh, have you traveled outside Canada or Saskatchewan within the last 14 days? I have not. Do you have a cough? No. Shortness of breath? No. A fever? No. Have you had close contact with someone who has tested positive for COVID-19? No, I have not. Oh, that's great news, Eric. Super. So I'm going to get my thermometer warmed up okay. and I'm going to do a temperature for you. Now, this is not a health temperature. This is a screening temperature. So we're screening and if you are under 37 degrees, then we let you go on your merry way and you get to go to work. And otherwise, if you screen over 
37, we have an additional set of questions that we ask. Perfect. Am I good? You are 34.1. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Brenda. Enjoy your day at work. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. That changed at 6 p.m. on April 3rd when the Saskatchewan Health Authority created a new work standard for long-term care homes and hospitals across the province. Now people have to fill out a form, get their temperature taken, lots of hand sanitizing, and then they're off to work. But I wanted to share this with you to give you a sense of how things continue to change. My boss, Sue Ellen Beattie, has this great saying when it comes to this pandemic, that we are laying the path as we walk it. And that has certainly been the case the past three weeks. I mentioned that on March 15th, we closed our doors to visitors and began screening staff. The night before, I picked up my friend and colleague, Deb Schick, at her house at 10.45 at night so that we could record this video at Sherbrooke and post it on our Facebook page. So today we've had um, four new presumptive cases of corona, uh, COVID-19 here in Saskatchewan. And so that means that the Chief Medical Health Officer has implemented some more restrictions on visiting here at Sherbrooke. And so we are asking everyone that does not need to come to Sherbrooke to visit someone to please not come into our building. Um, we are actually Deb is the leader of professional practice at Sherbrooke and she's also the manager of our first neighborhoods and has become the person I call if I'm ever feeling sick because she's really wise and I, I just don't want to freak out my mom. So I always call Deb. She's a wonderful talker and her kindness comes through in her answers. Before we get to Deb's interview, I just want to explain that throughout this episode and throughout the past couple of weeks when I've been gathering these interviews, uh, I've, I've done my best to keep a proper social distance uh, from staff and from elders as well. Uh, I've sort of limited myself to one specific neighborhood of our, of our building so that uh, I wasn't going everywhere throughout the building. Um, it, was, it was a challenge at times, but uh, I, I think you'll be impressed, hopefully, with the results. So, on to the interview with Deb. I met her in our art studio last week, and I started by asking what she remembers about that night we recorded the video for Facebook. That night was sort of the start of, like, oh, we're, like, we need to get on top of this. Um, and it became very clear that we actually needed to act fast and to keep our elders safe here and our staff. And so... That night, I don't think I slept that night, um, and then I was back the next morning um, to start the process of screening people at the door, and um, I think that was the same day we asked families not to come and visit. Like, we did all of this, these precautionary things quickly so that, so that we knew we were going to try and keep people as safe as we could. We, we took those steps a couple of days before it became, you know, province-wide that that's what long-term care homes had to do. What, why, why do it a couple of days earlier? Like, why, what went into the thinking, Deb? Well, we knew it was, one, we knew it was coming. And two, um, we knew it was probably the right thing to do. Um, in terms of keeping people out of our building that um, possibly could be vectors for bringing the contagion, the COVID-19, into our building. Um, and so that's why we did what we did. So that happens on a Saturday night. You and I come here, 
and uh, and we record the video. We get it out on Facebook. The next day, we send letters out to families and residents. Um, that the next couple of weeks are a bit of a blur in my mind. And um, but I'm I'm wondering if you could Deb, just sort of list off like what everything that's everything that, that's changed because this is such a busy place, and now it's it's a different kind of busy. But can you just sort of um, give our listeners a sense? Of, of how things have changed here? So things started changing quite rapidly. Um, we closed our community day program because that was a large gathering of people and we were told not to do that. So all of those folks don't come here. Um, we then started to look at, okay, how do we keep things smaller for our elders because the less contact they have the less likely we are to have spread and so we looked at closing like our pool and our physio gym any place where people congregated um and and it just we just kept going we just kept thinking about things and we worked as a team as a huge team we meet every morning at nine o'clock to have a pandemic meeting um just to, to make sure that we're doing the right things in the right order and in the right way. And when I think about um, our decision-making, it's not one person making those decisions. It's a team approach. And so we are talking about the science behind our decision-making. We're talking about the impact, and we're talking about how it fits with the principles that we use to make decisions here. Um, and ultimately, the person we're thinking about the most is our elders and how we're going to keep them safe. You're in a very unique position because not only are you part of the leadership group here at Sherbrooke, but you are also a neighborhood manager. So you are seeing firsthand how elders are doing, how staff are doing. Uh, what has it been like as from a manager's perspective to see, just to see how everyone is, is, is doing in all this? Well, initially, I would say our elders were doing okay. And then we went through a period of time on my neighborhood where, like, I want to go out, I want to be out with my friends, I want to see people in the bigger community, which is what they would have done before we started shutting things down. Um, and so I've, I've had to have lots of conversations with elders about that and the fact that there's no one out there for them to go and see. Yeah, like what, what are those conversations like? So it, it's kind of like uh, a realization that like everything is shut. Like there is nowhere, there's no destinations at Sherbrooke anymore. <laughs> Whereas there used to be, there were lots of destinations. But there's no people hanging out in the hallways. There's no people in the physio gym or occupational therapy or in the Tawa, like all of those places are closed and there's, there's no big music activities or anything. Um, we've gone really to very small things happening in the neighborhood. We're working on that social distancing, even in those neighborhoods to try and keep people as safe as we can. Is that tricky when it, yeah, you're it yeah. yeah, it is. Um, personal care is in your personal space. It's really hard to, to, to social distance. You can't be six feet apart and help someone get dressed. Um, you just can't. So um, that's why I, I believe it's so important that we're screening our staff at the front door. 
and making sure that they are healthy to be here. Um, we're also really encouraging people that if they're not feeling well, not to come to work. Um, so luckily we haven't had anyone come to work that has been sick. What types of questions are you getting from staff? Lots of questions about um, uh, masks and when to use them and when not to use them. Uh, questions about um, how long I think this is going to last, like what's the next thing that's going to happen. And like this week we're working on staff um, actually changing their clothes at work so that the clothes that they've actually cared for people in go home in a, either a plastic bag or the, the other great idea is a pillowcase that you can then throw in the washing machine um, when you get home. Changing your shoes at work and not taking them home, like all of those infection control kind of things, I get lots of questions about that. Um, surprisingly, I haven't had a lot of questions from families. I think my nurses have had those questions, um, but the feedback we've gotten is that families are very, actually very happy that we've done and taken the steps we have because the reality is they're out there watching the news and they're seeing what's happening around the world. Do you ever get, this is more of a personal question, yeah. but do, do you ever get, um, like in these last three weeks, overwhelmed, not only with it in terms of what's happening in the world, but here at Sherbrooke, and there's, there's so much information out there, and I, and I ask you this, Deb, because lots of people come to you with, with questions, and they, they are looking for answers from you. Um, so I imagine like there's, there's some weight on your shoulders a little bit. Like, is it, has it been overwhelming for you or what, what has it been like? Um, I think the first week, the first week was overwhelming because there was just a ton of information that came at us and we were trying to sort of figure out how we were going to navigate through this and create some kind of normalcy for the people that live here. Um, and, I think the other thing is that I I had worked a whole week. I'd been here Saturday and Sunday, and then I worked a whole another week. So I'd been here for, like, quite a period of time without really a good break. Um, I At the same time, I also wrote my final exam for my master's, like, on the 14th, which was like, thank God I wrote it that day, um, because I'm pretty sure I still wouldn't have written it now. Um, and I don't think I have the brain power to actually write it right now. Um, and I passed, by the way. So, um, congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> um, so that just, that exhaustion that first week was more than I felt, I think, in any other time in my life because it was, oh, and I might get emotional here, Eric. <laughs> Uh, because it was the reality that uh, we had to keep people safe. And that, that was a lot. Yeah. One of, the, uh, one of the themes for this episode is, you know, we're not alone in terms of Sherbrooke experiencing challenging times because every long-term care home across this country and I would say across North America are experiencing really, really challenging times. And there's a new pattern of, of life now here. But um, I'm, I'm trying to show how there are amazing people here that are that are stepping up to the the challenge and and i i obviously think you're one of them and i'm wondering if you if if there is an anecdote or a story or a moment where you've seen someone sort of really step up 
you know, I see, um, I see our managers stepping up in lots of different ways. Um, and I see people doing things that even though it's not the way we've done it in the past, um, we have to do it there and we have to do it that way now. And so I think about um, our recreation staff who are doing some pretty amazing things in all of our neighborhoods. Um, what I see is what's happening on my neighborhood. Um, so, you know, I see movies um, happening. Um, I see um, church service that is broadcast on Facebook. And so they rewatch that. And then they, the, the elders are actually sending positive feedback to Pastor Mark, which is pretty awesome. Um, so I'm seeing those kind of things. Um, I'm just seeing a whole bunch of people everywhere chipping in to do things that they probably didn't do in the past, that it may not have been something they'd ever thought they might do, but they're doing it now. And, and that's one of the things I love about Sherbrooke is that sense of community. Uh, a few years ago, we had um, we had a a terrible thing happen in one of our neighborhoods, and the team needed to debrief right after it had happened. And what I saw was all of Sherbrooke came together in that moment for that team. So managers that were available came, all of our therapies came, and they took over for the CCAs and the nurses so that those people could debrief and be okay. And our really skilled therapists and our managers stepped in and helped the elders in that moment. And so that's what I see happening here and that's what I hold on to. And that's because I know that's what we have here already that um, I pray every day that COVID is not coming. <laughs> here um, but if it were to come here I believe that we have it we have put things in place that are going to make it okay here thanks Deb you're welcome you're listening to the YXC Underground Podcast. My name is Eric Anderson, and I am at Sherbrooke Community Center, a long-term care home in Saskatoon. For the past three years, I've worked at Sherbrooke as its communications leader, and I've had the privilege of meeting some incredible people, and I would like to introduce you to some of them right now. What you're hearing is Recreation Coordinator Carrie Hart deliver a workshop to her recreation colleagues on all the technology options available when it comes to streaming services. Carrie's job has changed drastically due to COVID-19, and she took some time to explain how. You're also going to meet staff in our food services, laundry services, occupational therapy, and art studio who are adapting to a new pattern of life here at Sherbrooke. Hi, um, my name is Carrie Hart. I'm a recreation coordinator here at Sherbrooke Community Centre. Um, right now we are in the midst of getting our uh, technology up to par and uh, so that our residents are able to uh, connect with their loved ones um, outside of the home since right now no visitors are allowed in. Can you walk us through what the last couple of weeks have, 
have been like for, for you and your colleagues, um, especially when it comes to connecting residents with, with their loved ones outside of Sherbrooke? You know, it, that's a, it, it's a, definitely been a whirlwind. Like, uh, it's been very busy because, you know, at first we have, there's a lot of, uh, I guess we want to say panic. And so that you have everybody wanting to connect and we are trying our hardest. So, but also us as staff are trying to keep our social distancing. So we're trying to, you know, organize it and make sure that everyone has um, the supplies and devices they need to connect. Um, it, and then it's just, you know, it's so heartwarming to see uh, to see them be able to talk to their life, loved ones, whether it be um, their spouse or their children or grandchildren. Like, I mean, I, as I could probably speak on behalf of m- the rest of our colleagues out there, you know, we've even sh- shed some tears to see the happiness of that being able to connect um, through the either the iPad or whatever device we're using since they cannot um, see them in person. And so it's it's been really, really, really good and really rewarding. I'll ask you in a minute uh, about maybe one of those specific stories, but um, in, in terms of how you're, how you're able to connect with families and how families are reaching out to you, um, how, how does that work? How do you get in touch with families? So we have, like, in general put out, like, in our, all of our newsletters and on our Facebook page um, how they can either call our rec office or or um, send us an email and then we also have a resident email so that if they don't necessarily need to talk to them but just want to send them a well wish they can um, and so that has actually exploded I'm probably you know 10-15 emails easily a day that we are printing off and sending to our residents also and then they like as for you know the video chatting and stuff they usually they'll leave a phone number and then we'll call back and then we'll see who it is that they want to speak with what best time is to speak with them in the best um, per, best way. Say it's Facebook. Say it's Skype. Um, say it's just a phone call. And then um, we'll take that information and pass it on to the rec coordinator that is in that area. And then they use they will um, make sure that that all happens. So we always make sure that we're phoning the families and organizing it so that it's usually smooth sailing. There's a lot of communication. There's a definitely a lot of communication, and you know it's technology. So there's always um, either the sound's not working or, you know, it on the other end isn't working or vice versa. So there's a lot of uh, hiccups that we're trying to work through too. So we're just, you know, at, I mean, the residents and um, the families have been great with just patience on, you know, on either end because it might be us, it might be them. It's everyone also trying to work out uh, communication for the first time that they've never had to use before. Technologies, it's a wonderful thing, but it can be a stressful thing when you don't know what you're doing as well. That's so true. Like, um, like you, you were telling me, like, for, for some residents, this is their first time FaceTiming with, with their family members. But you, you talked earlier about, like, those special moments. Is, is there one that stands out to you that maybe um, sticks, sticks around in, in your mind and in your heart? Yes, um, there was a family in the Veterans Village, actually, and the couple has been married, I want to say, between 55 and 65 years, don't quote me, but it was a very long time. And, you know, like, as soon as the um, the wife was on the screen, because she, the, it's the husband that lives here, um, his eyes lit up, he had a smile, he had a, you know, a tear in his eye, and he just said, I miss you. And then she said, I miss you too. And then it just kind of, you know, just to see that true love, and but then he was so happy 
to see, you know, her and that she was smiling and she was well and then vice versa. So it also brought like, along with that, I miss you and I love you. It brought that sense of calmness to both of them, that they're both okay, that everybody is fine. They're just in different areas. So, um, but it just was just so heartwarming to like, I could feel their connection and how much that connection meant to them. Right. Like, and like, it's not very often you've like to feel that. And like, that's 50 some years of marriage like that, you know, to take it away, or, like, you know, all of a sudden put a stop to it, like physically it, it's, you know, it's so hard on them, but to, to bring it back in and using our technology, it made it really, it was just, yeah, I, I can't even explain it, the feeling, but that's like one of the reasons that we as rec coordinators do our job is for those moments. Um, and I, and I think, like I think everyone throughout the building, um, no matter what they're doing, has been doing an, an amazing job. Um, what I think is unique about about your job and, and with your colleagues is that um, you, when when before this started in terms of COVID nineteen, like Sherbrooke is such a busy place, but you're out in the community lots too. You're going on excursions. There's big events happening, small events happening, and now everything's sort of contained within. The neighborhoods were obviously not going out in the community right now. Um, how, like, how how has your job changed in the last two or three weeks? It has changed a lot. Um, it, it's honestly, it's really hard not to just be able to spontaneously pick things up and, um, you know, go get that ice cream or go outside for that walk and or take them shopping and stuff so we really as a team have to think out had to think outside the box and start doing things differently um we're just doing you know we're still trying to make sure our like our our groups are getting done and doing different things like um one of my colleagues uh Lois she actually for one of the residents birthday made the whole house um Mexican pan scramblers because my uh, my elder really wanted these pan scramblers from Humpty's but we couldn't go to Humpty's so she improvised and made Humpty's here and so you know everyone loved it and like it just made its day so it's just kind of trying to think of those extra small things that you can do to make um, everyone's life special and all of I mean I'm amazed by my coworkers. they are all doing an amazing job uh, making all this happen and different like just different ways on their neighborhoods because I mean not only are we confined to our building we're confined to our neighborhoods, which make it makes it smaller. So even our elders are missing their friends from, you know, different areas of the building and not being able to go to work or go to the tumbleweed, um, go get their haircut. Like there's so many things that have been taken away that um, we're just trying to, our small different little groups to try and um, make, you know, their lives as meaningful as possible. I'm Breen and Denishuk. I'm the manager here at Sherbrooke and Food Nutrition Services. I'm Michelle Sansom and I'm a food and nutrition worker here at Foods in Food Services, right? Yeah. Yeah. That didn't sound right. I need to redo that. Oh, you're good. You're good. What what have the last few weeks been like? Well, they've been they've been different. It's been different for all of us. This is all new to us. So, um, we've had to shut down our cafeteria and just provide takeout only. So that has really knocked our numbers down. We're providing about half the amount of food that we normally do to our customers, um, just because we don't have the customers. And then um, we've also we don't have we're not 
producing as much. We don't have our CDP participants. We have we don't have our daycare service right now. We've lost all our iGen students, which has been really hard. So um, it's definitely a lot quieter, and our focus is in, in different areas. We're um, prepping and freezing a lot of food right now for you know just in case for the because we don't know really what the future holds. And we've also eliminated all cash service, so we're only doing debit right now, which is new to us because we were cash only before. So um, right now we're we're only um, debit. So just to try to um, keep as much, just for infe infection control service, we're trying to wrap everything, keep everything to um, just so that our um, food service workers are doing the serving. Nobody's, um, no, there's nothing that's self-serve right now. Um, those are kind of the bigger changes that we've made. Michelle, anything else? Um, I think that everybody here is just a little uncertain of what the future might hold right now. And so everybody's just trying to stay um, with as high of spirits as they can. So obviously I decorated a little bit of Easter things and, and you know, um, just hoping that still a few more of our staff come through and still purchase a few, you know, because we do fresh baking every day and things like this, right? So, yeah. With with elders in in our neighborhoods, then you're you're still bringing food up to the neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So we're providing that service, but we're just doing it in a different way. We're staying off the neighborhood. We're serving kind of from our elevator lobby area, and we're just kind of doing like a pass at the door with the CCAs, the care staff there. They're taking they're taking the food. Um, I guess the what they're taking the orders and then we're just passing the food from the door so our food service workers are actually staying off those areas um, just so we can keep keep um, people um, hoarded off into their areas as much as possible. Michelle one of the things I love about this area and your team is just how like the, the energy and the, the positivity around that. Are, are, do you still are you still seeing that in these challenging times? Um. I think we're just trying to be right now as positive as we can and keep everybody's spirits uplifted like when they come through here and try and laugh and smile and you know just to reassure everybody a little bit more that you know we're all in this together you know really we are you know yeah. We're still doing our gratitude board every day and we're trying to stay positive trying to think about the, the positive things still going on. And I know yesterday one of our food service staff did a social distancing Zumba class in the cafeteria just for our ladies, just to try to stay active, stay positive, and just keep each other going. Hi, my name is Abby, and I work here at Sherbrooke, and I work in the laundry. And I'm Cheryl, and I work here at Sherbrooke with Abby in the laundry. How have your jobs changed? in the last two or three weeks? Well, uh, we have been doing some adjusting by uh, not going into the um, neighborhoods and houses to deliver the laundry. Um, so, like, different things like that. Yeah, and keeping the physical distance and, you know, there's nobody really walking around in the hallways much. Like, you know, our interaction with the elders has really changed. It's quiet here, isn't it's it? It's so quiet. It feels like a, a weekend or, you know, it feels just really, really quiet, yes. 
That part is sad. Our interaction with yes. the elders, we miss them because they've, they've become friends to us and then all of a sudden we can't see them and I'm sure they miss us too. Maybe they don't, but I think oh, they I would. Think they do. Yeah. I think they really miss us as well. Like, you know, we miss the interaction with them for yeah. sure because we do, we did have a lot of interaction with them. So, so and, and that's a really great point that I want people to understand is that I, I think when people think of, of staff interacting with elders, they, their minds maybe go to like the, the care staff or perhaps a nurse or maybe like a, a rec, uh, rec staff person, something like that. But like the, the, the laundry team at Sherbrooke is so unique because you, you do have meaningful relationships with elders, don't you? Oh, yes, we sure do. We, we really do, yeah. And we're involved in a lot of the activities and elders often come down to the laundry to visit us. And now that's not happening right now. So, and, and lots of times when we're delivering their laundry to their rooms, they tell us little stories about, oh, what they used to do or what their family is doing or, or how many grandkids they have. And, and they really like telling us about their lives. Yeah. So I bet they do miss the extra people that were around. Yeah. That, that just, just that interaction, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's really too bad about that. So hopefully... This can end soon, and things can kind of go back to normal soon. Yeah. Um, how how important is is your job at a, at a time like this where we're, you know, the, this entire building, this entire community is trying to keep things as as clean as possible, and as you know, trying to keep viruses and flus out of here. Like, how how important is your job? Oh, it's very important. Um, well, we're delivering clean clothes, and it does take extra time. I know we're, we're missing the part about seeing our residents and going up to their rooms. However, we are kept busy down here delivering carts, running back to pick them up. So we're, we're doubling back, and we're wiping and cleaning and cleaning. And uh, just we're very aware of what we're touching and taking all precautions that we need to take. If an elder is hearing this podcast right now, uh, any messages for them? Well, I'd like to say we miss you. We miss you a lot from the laundry staff. Yeah, we miss your stories. We miss seeing your smiling faces. And just remember, we'll all get through this together. And and just take good care. Here we go one more time. Giddy up. Giddy up. Hi, Jill. How you doing? Good, how are you? Good. I, we found out today that we get to mix our neighborhoods just here, just our little group. But boy, it's nice to have a gang again. That's so good. I know. Isn't it good, Ernie? Okay, Rana Andres, and I work in occupational therapy here at Sherbrooke Community Center. How has your job changed in the last two or three weeks? Everything about my job has changed. We've had to do everything different, but it's kind of making us be creative and think about things in different ways and how we can still do this safely and distancing just enough and yeah. So for people that maybe don't understand what an occupational therapist does, especially in a long-term care setting, what, what do you do, Rana? 
Well, I am an assistant to the occupational therapists here, and we actually look after all the equipment in the building, any kind of um, assistive device to help people still get through their days, to get through their days as they normally would have. Yeah. So that would be like a like a wheelchair, like a motorized wheelchair stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Their beds, um, saska poles, raised toilet seats, um, reachers, anything like that. So. Before, before all this happened, what what would uh, I, no day is typical here at Sherbrooke, but what would what would a a regular day sort of look like for you? So when I before this, when I come to work, I would uh, I work on the second floor at Sherbrooke, second neighborhoods and fourth neighborhoods, and um, I would come up to my neighborhoods and check the books. Um, the staff often leave me little messages in our communication books letting me know if something is broken during the night before or something's not quite working, someone's uncomfortable, anything really. And um, then I go downstairs and get things that I need, have a little powwow with uh, the therapists and figure out what we're going to do, make a plan. And then uh, I'm sort of back and forth, up and down from my neighborhoods back down to the therapy department all day long. And so now I kind of get everything that I need and I come up and I stay here. I do as little traveling in the building as possible. Right, because the, your your area is is shut down for because normally like elders would come and they come and see you don't they yes yes our doors always open yeah our doors always open and there's actually a steady stream <laughs> of residents that were coming into the ot department to let us know something is they need help with something or some assist assistance with something but yeah so now we are coming to them and uh yeah trying to figure out the best way possible to still meet all those needs from just our neighborhoods what are you holding right now? I have a set of Allen keys in my hand, and I'm just going to go and tighten up uh, someone's joystick on their chair. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, has it been, what, what, what has it been like to work just, you know, strictly in the neighborhoods as opposed to so much back and forth for you? Actually, I'm liking it. I'm liking it because I was sitting at a table the other day and I had tools all over the table and I just came up to fix someone's break. But while I'm sitting there, soon so-and-so comes along and says, oh, hey, I have a screw loose here somewhere. This has been wobbly forever. And I said, well, come on over. And pretty soon I had more, more of the men, especially coming to watch and say, no, that's not right. Turn it this way. You know, I had advice from the peanut gallery, but everyone was loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those natural interactions. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really important right now because people are missing their families. Yeah. People are missing their families. So um, I think being available just to have those everyday visits is important yeah. more than ever now. Um, th thank you for sharing your thoughts. And, and thank you uh, because you took all the pictures uh, for this, uh, all the photography for this episode. Um, but... I what was that like for you? That was lots of fun. Something I've never done before and was very happy to fill in for this episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Plus, this, uh, this place is very close to my heart as well. So... Uh, How long have you worked here? I've been here for 20 years. Started when I was 10. <laughs> Thanks, Rana. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You won't want that part. Oh, no, we're keeping that part. <laughs>
started when she was 10. Hey, I'm Alana Moore, artist in residence here at Sherbrooke Community Center. And we are sitting in a temporary art studio up on the third neighborhood um, in Bluebird Lane. And so we have set up um, some easels and we have our aprons and brushes and containers and paper, different kinds of canvas, um, and sort of some rolly carts for artists to work at. And then uh, a couple different projects that I've brought up as well. Yeah, it's, it's different for sure, and there's a lot of changes. It's a lot cleaner <laughs> and tidier. Um, things are sort of put away neatly after, but we're making it work, and I think that's the biggest thing is that it's different, and it's not the art studio. It doesn't have the same kind of energy necessarily with paint splattered on the floor and people coming and going and the birds and just the energy that happens in the art studio, but there's also something really nice and new and um, kind of beautiful about this new space. Like, I think we're learning a lot about coming into a smaller space with a smaller group and just having it, things are slowed down, right? So it's like a slower pace, but there's something that I'm just noticing that that's benefiting some people as well. So there's how, how do you see that, Elena? I think just that opportunity to the studio is such an active busy place and that's really a beautiful thing for a lot of people but there's also lots of our elders that um, appreciate us a, a calmer smaller group environment um, or even a lot of one-on-one -on -one, which is mostly what I've been doing um, and so with social distancing we've had maybe two elders in here at once um, so that we can have that appropriate spacing and so I can assist with setting people up um, but yeah, there's kind of an appreciation and just, I think also some different elders that I've got to work with that I haven't, that haven't joined me in the art studio, but who are joining me when I'm up here on the neighborhood. Yeah, it's so interesting. I've just been blown away by the things that I've been learning. Like there, there's, I think I choose to focus on it as well, but there's definitely those positives of having, um, having kind of a concentrated amount of time on a neighborhood and then just getting, having a little bit more space, a little bit more time to meet new people and work with new artists who there's already been two artists this week who I have introduced the studio to and introduced the art. There's been sort of some interest, but it's never quite materialized into anything. Um, but I've been working with them in their rooms um, or one of them has joined us in the, the main space. Yeah, so it's fascinating. So we're starting two things. So elders are working on their own individual projects, but in between that, I'm facilitating, um, the first one's a poster project. So I'm going around, and this is including staff and volunteers, um, just through Facebook. So I'm getting submissions um, by people that have connections with our elders um, through text message, and then getting submissions from all of our elders about their experience with COVID-19 and what what has been something really challenging about it and something that they've learned through this process. So people are giving me their responses, then I'm printing them on posters, and we're going to have those posters displayed within a neighborhood. So people can sort of just have that. Some of them are funny, like some of them are um, witty, some of them are really serious. So things like I've learned that COVID-19 has really shown me what I value in life to when you thought people 
couldn't get any dumber, they do, to bring me more booze, to um, just really valuing friendship and valuing the time to lists of things that people miss. So it's been interesting. And so I think we'll just kind of rally together with seeing these other ideas that everyone has about this common experience. And, and then we'll vote on whether or not we agree with the poster up on each neighborhood. Yeah, I think that I just keep going back to this idea that artists are made for this. Like there's, in, in my mind, there's so much that art does on a daily basis. But I think something like a crisis, something like a pandemic, something so out of the ordinary like this really brings to the forefront the importance of art, the importance of culture, because it it really is like the spirit, right? It's like the reason a lot of us get up in the morning and art, creativity, being able to um, respond to the world around you is, is what artists do. And so just this is another way that we can respond to what's happening. Um, artists are resilient. Artists are flexible. Artists are constantly challenging themselves, finding new ways to look at the world, finding new ways to use materials. Like artists are res resourceful. So just using the things that you have around you, I mean like making this makeshift studio and in being in different neighborhoods, using different materials you're not used to. And um, it's been challenging, but I'm just so like in awe with all of the artists here at Sherbrooke and just the adaptability. Like, okay, yeah, let, let's do it. Let's make this makeshift studio and let's try this new material and let's work on this you know, we're working on a zine project where all of our artists are talking about their experience again through COVID-19 and illustrating it and drawing it. And um, it just shows like how adaptable and flexible and just like okay with all of this rapid change happening around us. And it gives us kind of a, I don't know, a way to settle too. Like art just kind of brings you home. You're listening to Episode 9, Season 2 of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson, and we're looking at how life has changed at Sherbrooke Community Centre due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Subscribe to the podcast for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also stream episodes on the website, yxeunderground.com, or on Spotify. Be sure to follow YXE Underground on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's where you can see some fantastic photos taken by my Sherbert colleague and local photographer, Rana Andres. So much of the direct hands-on care that elders receive at Sherbrooke comes from our continuing care assistants, or CCAs as we call them, and our nurses. At Sherbrooke, we ask a lot of our CCAs and nurses. We encourage them to form meaningful relationships with elders, to be there for elders not only in terms of their physical care, but their emotional and mental well-being. It's hard work at the best of times, let alone in the midst of a global pandemic. I think you'll hear that struggle in this next interview. Leah Velkamp-Walner is a CCA in Fourth Neighborhoods who has cared for elders for more than 10 years. 
But you'll also hear from Leah a determination to keep elders safe, and I find that so inspiring. I spoke with Leah during her lunch break and started by asking if she had ever experienced anything like this before. Never, ever. (laughs) We have had outbreaks in the past, and that's so you have an idea of what you, how you need to dress and wear your PPE and, you know, to be careful. And, but this is, this is, yeah, it's pretty earth shattering and trying to sift through what's fake, what isn't, and then how it's affecting our lives. And even having to, how we have to be calm ourselves here at work so we don't scare our residents. And it's hard for them. Some of them are maybe have dementia and watch the news. And it's just constantly replaying. And that really affects them. Is it hard, um, Leah, to balance work life and then, and then you go home? And, and it's like, is, is that hard to balance? Yeah, it is. It's, I've never felt so exhausted when I go home. Yeah. Cause while we're also homeschooling (laughs) children as well, I have a nine year old and just learning how to do that. And, um, yeah. And I mean, it's just, yeah. And it's, this is the problem in the very beginning when this when we started having our lockdown and shutting everything down and it felt scary and I had this panic because I was thinking of our residents who we love like our own family they are our family Um, we know they're the most compromised and I think that was our my 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 terror is if it comes here it's going to be devastating. And yeah. And of course, parents and like, I have to shop for my mom and I don't want her leaving <laughs> her house. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot on your plate. Um, and, but you mentioned the, the fear, cause I think, I think there, there is that anxiety, mm-hmm. but yet, um, and the, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you was um, you were one of the most joyful people that I've ever met, and and you do bring so much joy to this neighborhood. And you know, in in the in the weeks that have you know since we since we've restricted so much here at Sherbrooke, um, I do see lots of sort of moments of of joy, especially in in this neighborhood. Being here in the last couple of days, so is it is it like are are you feeling better now that you're seeing that a bit yes. more? And I will tell you. I am a pretty happy-go-lucky person, and I'm always having fun with my residents, and we're always we always have like inside jokes, and we we laugh a lot up here. But for me, I really shut down as I didn't feel myself. I haven't felt myself until the last couple of days, actually. What's changed? I was well. I'll tell you, the people who have come up here because we've had people switch around. So we have Tammy, who is absolutely fantastic. She works in the day program as a rec, and uh, she's come up here and she has just she is like a breath of fresh air. She has games going on. The, the one I was telling you this the other day, I was feeling really sad because I had this. It's like a panic that you're holding down and you're come to work and you do your job and you but I had this panic inside of me so I wasn't feeling my happy self for the last month and then 
I'm sitting on my break on my because we have to be socially distant. So we have to split up now. We can't sit together and have our lunch. So I was in the dentist room and I heard howling and laughing. They were playing curling on the floor, like floor curling. And the residents were just beaming. And they, they would just crowd around and they're playing and they're, you know, winning and <laughs> sweep, sweep. They had a broom. It was awesome. It, it was just awesome. And I, and I felt so joyful. I actually texted my mom and said, Mom, there is laughter. There's so much laughter. We had special breakfast today, which was eggs and bacon. We haven't had that in, I think, two years. So everyone woke up this morning like, I can smell bacon. Yeah, so that's really fun to get people up in the morning. Guess what? Talk about simple pleasures, hey? Yeah. Bacon and eggs. Yeah. And I have this yummy coffee that I would that I make for some residents who like the it's like flavored vanilla hazelnut or whatever. And even that, just having that yummy smell and having a yummy flavored coffee. Just yeah, the little things that make you laugh and smile and it carries on your day. The residents even feel it. Even people with dementia, they feel happier. Thanks, Leah. That was really great. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. Hi, my name is Vivian. I'm one of the nurses at Sherbrooke. I work on fourth floor. Um, I work part-time here. And, um, yeah. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Um, Right now, uh, from a nursing perspective, yeah. Um, You know, I'm kind of looking at this whole thing like... Um, nurses and our staff are used to taking care of people who might be contagious. You know, we've had flu outbreaks, things like that. And so we're, we're used to taking care of sick people. And I'm right now, I'm just looking at it the same way. You know, we, we take our precautions, we do our hand washing, um, everything we need to do. So that's what we're doing now. You, I, I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit in the last couple of years, and um, you strike me as being a very calm, level-headed person. Um, is is, <laughs> is <laughs> as you wipe your forehead as I say that, but it, it, is is that kind of uh, approach and attitude is that especially helpful as you know during something like this? Well, I think it's helpful to stay calm, uh, you know, with the residents for sure, because I feel a um, sense of um, anxiety, some panic. Um, So, you know, just to be reassuring um, and just taking our usual precautions. So, yeah, I do think it's helpful. Um, Vivian, can you um, describe a little bit about how how life in in fourth neighborhoods um, has changed um, in the, in the last three weeks? Okay. Well, obviously, um, just having people not being able to roam freely has uh, taken its toll on our residents for sure. You know, they really miss their families coming, uh, friends and family. Um, just having packages delivered that's not allowed anymore so I think they're really feeling isolated and uh, lonely so that's changed but you know like everybody in the building has chipped in to um, to come and you know the other therapies coming to help us up here and keep people occupied so that's nice so 
um, everybody's pitching in to, to try and ease that, but definitely feel it from the residents. Yeah. The, um, the loneliness, cause I know that's something that we really focus on at, at Sherbrooke is alleviating that loneliness. Um, what, what can, as, as your role as a nurse, what, what can you do to, to help alleviate that loneliness? <laughs> um, well, just, uh, you know, trying to connect with them, see how they're doing emotionally, uh, on a daily basis. Um, you know, we, we are like busy with tasks up here on fourth floor. It just seems like one after another. So to sort of carve out extra time to do that is a challenge. Um, but you can usually spot the people that are, uh, struggling the most. It, seems like anyway and just to give a little bit uh, more attention pay more attention and um, just socially be uh, more there for them you know we're used to giving the occasional hug here and high five and things like that we can't do that anymore right we, we were just talking about how like I I miss hugging people and yeah. you you do something that you like what can you explain what you normally do oh no eric i i punch people in the arm <laughs> but <laughs> you're trying to get me fired no no no, eric. no. but it's 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 yeah, it's just a like yeah. a i've always i don't know i've always kind of done that so i just like a quick punch to the upper arm and like hey how you doing buddy uh you know and just in a light manner kind of thing so i can't do that anymore i can't give hugs i can't you know we don't touch like even putting your hand on someone's shoulder just to make them feel a little bit better. It's, it's hard for, with the social distancing for sure. May I ask you a personal question? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering, um, my, so my mom was a nurse for 27 years. And so I, I have, I have a, a lot of respect for the job that you do. And I, I watch the news and I probably watch the news a bit too much right now, but I see, you know, in, in other places across our country, across the world, the struggles that, that nurses are facing. And I'm just wondering from a nurse's perspective, how, how that makes you feel. Well, it's concerning for sure. I watch too much too, but I, I think it's important to be aware and to be like cognizant of what's happening in the world. And it just seems like, you know, um, things just are moving along from country to country in waves. And I have no doubt that we're going to go through this too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I worry about it for sure. Um, you know, the lack of supplies, the, um, toll that is being taken because, um, you know, doctors, nurses off sick, um, you know, bringing, bringing things home to your family, uh, and vice versa, you know? So yeah, it's very concerning. It's, it's a pandemic. It's awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate all the work that you and, and, and your fellow nurses are doing here, um, at Sherbrooke. And I look forward to the time where you can punch me in the upper arm soon and it will be fine. Oh, Eric, so do I. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Thanks, Vivian.
Right. Susan, are you going to play? No. Are you? Yeah. Awesome. Come on. Come on. Okay, so I'm going to hang out right here at, the, at this end. Good? You guys are going to watch me. So first one, you guys are going to follow me. Okay? okay so you're going to do what I do with the drum. Okay? So however I play, if I play nice steady beats, don't hit me with the mallet. Barney. Just throw it out really hard. Barney's going to try to hit me with the mallet. Oh boy. I got my work cut out for me. Okay, so we're going to try. So you guys are going to follow me. So we're going to just keep a nice steady beat for the first one. Here you go. Ready? Okay, so we're going to one, two, ready, go. This is YXE Underground, and I'm your host, Eric Anderson. Today, one of my colleagues said to me that in Sherbrooke, we are working together in community to get through this. I really like that thought, and I think it applies to care homes across the province and the country. Such a big part of our community here at Sherbrooke is our elders. They are the reason we are making all of these changes, to keep them safe. But it's not an easy time for elders. The regular life has been altered in so many ways. I wanted to introduce you to four elders that I have developed friendships with in my three years at Sherbrooke. The first is Donovan. You might know Donovan from a live Facebook podcast he and I do every week called The Dawn Show. It's The Dawn Show. Eric and Dawn here. We just wanted to say hello and wanted to tell people about the Crash Test Dummies concert last week. Oh, man. Well, that concert was really good. (laughs) And my foot pedal broke off. In the middle of the first song, God shuffled his feet. My bolt on my foot pedal went kaput on me. If you're ever looking for a person to dominate a trivia night, it's Donovan. The man knows so much about music and movies and pop culture. He's also very active in our community, and I've had the pleasure of seeing some great concerts with him during our friendship. If you ever run into Donovan, ask him to tell you the story about the time we saw Boney M. It's a really great story. The last few weeks have been challenging for Donovan, but I'm proud of him for being honest when we spoke in his room recently. Well, a little bit different, I say, um, in terms of activities. All my activities have been kind of cons- restricted to up here, and it's kind of bothering me a bit, and uh, things are a little bit hard right now. And uh, I just hope this outbreak ends soon. Don, when you say activities, what are some of the things that you would normally do out and about here here in the building like wine club um diners um concerts down in the tall weren't happening and and just stuff like coffee social and all those kind of things i i haven't Things have been kind of quiet around here, and basically it's affecting how I feel lately and stuff. How have you been feeling lately? Just, you know, talking to a lot of family, um, a lot of people, and just checking on them, making sure they're okay. You were talking to your mom this morning? Yeah. How was that? That was good. She kind of helped me get through it. 
When we were talking last week, Donovan, you mentioned how there's more staff up here now in the neighborhoods. Have you seen that? A little bit more staff. Yeah. We even have a few, a new lady working up here, uh, um, a girl named Crystal that just started here that has worked for my staff, that long-time staff that worked up here. Um, Deb, and she's pretty good so far. Yeah, just... Yeah, it's just and it's just really affected what I can do, and I haven't really been out that much. I haven't been. Movie theaters are shut down. Everybody's shut down except for the grocery store. And the Pepper's Cafe, I can't go down there, and it really puts a strain on my friendships with people. You know. Yeah, well, and that's all I want to say. Thanks, Donovan. Bye. Yeah. Are we used <coughs> nope, doing stuff? Yeah. Hi, Callie. Hi, guys. Hi, you guys. How are you? Great, thanks. Eric's oh. son is um, collecting audio for his podcast. Isn't it great? It's so great to see you guys. Yeah. This is Dr. Jody Grant. Jody and I have become friends through our work with the iGen program. The iGen program is a partnership between Sherbrooke and the Saskatoon Public School Division that sees 25 grade 6 students spend their entire school year at Sherbrooke. Every noon hour, Jody, who is a former English professor, reads aloud to the students who are always captivated by her voice. That's not happening right now, but she is still FaceTiming with Carrie Albert and Callie Spafford, who teach the iGen program. We FaceTime, didn't we? We did. So there, well, you did. There's a lot of, yeah. been a big technology learning curve going on right now. Wow. <laughs> we had an hour, over an hour long meeting this morning discussing all sorts of pl different platforms and... Who what, are you? what teachers are doing to try to stay connected with their families and all the different methods people are using and how to upload things and download things. And yeah. Was this things. a meeting somewhere? Yeah. yeah. Well Hi, I'm Jody Grant, and I'm living at Sherbrooke, room 410. And right now I have two cats in my room, one of which I feel is making a mess. The other is sleeping on my bed, or was. Um, yeah, how life has changed. There's just this over, overriding sense of doom that sits on my shoulders. I just don't feel the energy that I usually feel. But since I got the new cat, he's not my cat, he's the floor's cat, but he doesn't know that yet. He's staying with me pretty much. There's a debate going on about his name because I'm calling him Tux because he's a black and white cat and it looks like he's wearing a tuxedo. And unfortunately, the name he came with is Huey or Howie or something. It's on his name tag. Obviously, I don't think that name says anything, whereas Tux conveys um, a whole lot of meaning. So. Tux has made a big difference for me. Other than that, um, it just there's a sense of loneliness here. 
because the kids aren't here um, and we can't leave the floor. If the weather was better, that would be very difficult for me. But right now, since the weather is terrible, I'm just as happy as can be to stay in my room or stay on the floor. Would be nice to be able to go up and down. It's April 2nd right now, and it was uh, about minus 26 this morning, just to give, just to give some context. But I, I know you love your warm weather and sunshine, so I am, I'm, I'm hoping that all this is done by the time that the weather gets gets warmer. Um, you mentioned the kids though, Jody, and can you talk a little bit for, for people that maybe don't know your relationship with the iGen class, um, can you talk a little bit about what that relationship look, looks like and what it means to you? It means the world to me, quite honestly. Um, I go down and read to them every day. Um, and having them gone, I feel bereft of what I live for. Those kids mean so much to me, and I miss them. I miss their hugs and their smiles and just being with them. I have been emailing with some of them, and that's been good. But overall, they brought a sense of life to this building. Just having those young people here was great. Um, I know a lot of people miss them. Uh, but they're gone, so that's the downside of this whole disease. And the thing is, if this goes on, like you said, into the summer where it's warm and sunny and nice and I can't go outside, oh my God. So I hope everybody out there is really being cautious and following all the rules. And I heard about this weekend that there was... Um, out at Pike Lake that people were partying and getting close together and it just tore my heart apart that they were not following the restrictions that we've got because it's just making it worse for all of us. Hey, wait for me. I'm coming. Can you keep keep up with me? I know, I can't keep up with you. <laughs> it's because of your long legs. Because of your short legs. Uh, my short legs, I know, I know. Oompa Loompa. Oompa Loompa. Come on, Dave. Or <laughs> The next elder I want you to meet is Dave. Dave is a character. He's charming and funny, his arms are covered in colorful tattoos, and he's one of the kindest people you will ever meet unless he's giving you a hard time about something. Dave is also one of the busiest people I know. He's out in the community lots doing everything from exercising to swimming to art classes at the university. So when I eventually catch up with him in his room, he doesn't hold back about how bored he is right now. He's also not shy about making fun of yours truly. It's slow and boring. Slow and boring. Yeah. Can you tell people what what your your regular life is is like? Cause it's very busy. I know. It's because I can't go outside and all of that. So what would you uh, what would you normally do? Work out in the field house and yeah. swim. Yeah. So you work out at the field house. Uh, you swim, mm -hmm. but you and you do art classes at the yeah. university. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Sometimes we go for movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're a busy guy. I'm quite busy. You're busy. <laughs> so what what have you been doing to to keep yourself? Video games. Video games. Yeah. Tell tell me about the games. The Switch and the Xbox One. Okay. What games are you playing? Nintendo, Pokemon, and Skyrim, and Diablo. Oh, nice. Are you uh, are you getting better at the games, or were you already good? I'm already really good. <laughs> <laughs> You're so modest, Dave. Um, but I'm so we're in your room right now, and I'm looking, and there is. Do you want to tell people what's behind you? My oh, my art. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. All your art on the, and oh, it actually that's a good point because I was I was thinking about the, I was gonna think I was gonna I thought you were gonna say the drum kit. Oh yeah, that <laughs> the too. drum kit. Yeah, but you have you have some stunning art on the wall. Are you still doing your art right now? Mm-hmm. With yes. Atlanta? No, I don't know. Okay, just on your own. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Dave's got some really beautiful because you're an amazing artist. <laughs> the J-pop. <laughs> See, I was so I was afraid that Dave was gonna bring this. You were gonna bring this up. Okay, do you want to tell people about why you call me Jigglypuff? Jigglypuff, Super Brothers, Super Brothers, and I beat him hardcore. <laughs> so Dave. Dave and, I, Dave and I went to Bartari, which is a video game bar here in Saskatoon, with some other uh, elders here at Sherbrooke, and we played. What did we play against? Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. The, the Super um, Mario Smash Brothers, yeah. and I never played before. And Dave is a pro. We're his ass. <laughs> yes, yes, you kicked my ass, Dave. And I was the character of Jigglypuff. <laughs> was I my character? Yeah, that was my character, and you just you throttled me. You didn't. But the ass. Yeah. You, you whooped. Yeah, you whooped. You whooped my buttocks. You sure did. <laughs> So now Dave calls me Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff, thank you. Um, okay, so you're still doing your art. <laughs> We're gonna get through this, Dave. <laughs> you're still doing your art, but then you have you have an electronic drum kit yeah, in, no. your, in your in your. I never me the, that drum kit. Your sister did. Yeah, that's so cool. So have you been playing it lots? Mm, when the drum kit was downstairs, but they moved it up here. Okay, so it was downstairs, but now it's up in your room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and are, are you liking it? I do. Um, Dave, if your uh, if your sister and your mom mm-hmm. and your dad are listening to this, is there anything you want to say to them? I have y'all, and I I will I get this virus soon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope this is over soon too, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for talking to me today. No problem. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say? Peace. You... Peace with you. And also with you, Dave. Why do you? <laughs> oh, Dave, you're so good. Oh, no. <laughs> last elder I want you to meet is Alice. Last October, my grandma passed away at the age of 92. I was pretty upset as she was an incredible person. When I was telling Alice about my grandma, she put her hand on my shoulder and said that she would unofficially adopt me as her grandson so that I would still have a grandma.
I think that sums up nicely the type of person Alice is. Can I say hi, Eric, or anything? Sure. Hi, Eric. My name is Alice Cowell, and I live on second floor at Sherbrooke, and I love it here. Alice, these are very interesting times we're in right now, but you were just telling me about how you've um, been in touch with your with your family. Uh, what has that been like for you? It's been good, but I have to cheer them up because they're they're the ones that are worrying. I'm not. <laughs> I know that you know I'm in a, the best best place I could be. I wouldn't dream of being any other place right now. If I'm hungry, they feed me. If I'm sick, they look after me. I mean, we have everything here that we need. There's, oh, I need a haircut, but it'll, it'll grow a little bit more. It'll be all right. But my family, they, they worry. I know they do. They don't need to. Nobody needs to worry about us. We're good. For the record, I think your hair looks lovely. <laughs> well, thank you, Eric. <laughs> You're you're a charmer. <laughs> um, Alice, what what has life been been like here at Sherbrooke for you in the last in the last few weeks since since we've had to make so many many changes? How how has it been like here in your neighborhood? Oh, I don't mind being in my neighborhood at all. I mean, the therapists come up here, and I'm still exercising. I had to give up the pool; they wouldn't move the pool up here but <laughs> but and I miss it but that's okay it'll be there when I'm ready and oh we've been doing different things here we're not never never lonely really my Sherbrooke family keep me busy enough so I'm not, I'm not I don't have time on my hands that I don't know what to do with it it must be nice for you to still, like you said, your your Sherbrooke family, that you you still get to see everybody, don't you? That's right, and I know everybody. You know all the carries and and the, the therapists that, that are here, and you know they're just amazing bunch of. I don't know how Sherbrooke got so lucky to get a staff like they have. They just work together like like a family, really. Better than the, some families. <laughs> I, I think you're one of the wisest people I've ever met. Um, and so I'm wondering, um, during th this time where a lot of people are, are looking for some, some pearls of wisdom, do, do you have any advice that you would like to share with people? The only thing I could share is just love one another and be kind to one another and look after one another. That's that's what we need, that's what's happening and it's you know, maybe so good will come from this. Maybe it's not gonna be all bad because people sure have stepped up and are helping one another.
This has been Episode 9, Season 2 of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, edit, and produce this local independent podcast. A big thank you to my Sherbrooke colleagues and our elders and just the whole Sherbrooke community for being so wonderful to work with. Despite the circumstances, this was a great experience and I hope I did you proud. If you want to learn more about Sherbrooke, you can visit the website at sherbrookecommunitycenter.ca. Listen and subscribe for free to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And you can stream episodes on Spotify or the website yxeunderground.com. If you know of someone who is doing something great in our community but is flying under the radar, let me know. You can send an email to ericandersonyxe at gmail.com. And don't forget to leave a review of the podcast if you like what you just heard. You can find YXE Underground on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's where you'll see some fantastic photos from Sherbrooke taken by my friend and colleague, Rana Andres. Rana, thank you so much for filling in for Janelle in this episode and doing just an incredible job. It was so much fun to work with you. I want to thank my cousin, Andrew Dixon, for creating uh, the music that you just heard, the the theme music and the end music as well that you're listening to. And uh, Andrew uh, is living in Los Angeles right now, and I know um, it's some challenging times down there in Los Angeles. So, Andrew, I'm thinking of you and your partner, and I, I hope you are doing well. I want to thank Danger Dynamite for maintaining the website, and I would like to acknowledge that all of these interviews took place on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. YXE Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson. Thank you so much for listening. Please take care of yourself and one another. Uh, Practice physical distancing. And as Deb Schick would say, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. We'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon.